0: hello and welcome back to blacker couch reviews i'm your host christina we're back to discuss the third episode of foundation season two king and commoner written by Leigh dana jackson and jane epsonson directed by david s goyer i am a little mixed bag on this particular episode mainly because There were some parts that made an impression and then others that made very little impression, but it still was a step forward in trying to figure out what is going on and what could it mean, even though it's more mystery on top of the the need to create the second foundation and the ever increasing chance of war between the foundation and empire you tell them i'm coming and hell's coming with me you hear i think i was also sad that queen spicy wasn't in this episode (laughs) it's my nickname for her i need someone to to be starting shit and uh i got a little i got we got a little used to it i ain't gonna lie i got a little used to the court intrigue <laughs> so when i saw the the merchant or con artist whatever you want to call his name i was like uh all right ain't nobody coming to see you otis before we jump into the recap or review in this case since i think we're going to break this up a little different wherever you listen to this podcast podbean stitcher apple podcast spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well like share and if you want to send feedback blacker couch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below so last podcast I could not find the appropriate words for a few things And sometimes afterwards I recall what I intended And then I have to wait a whole week holding on to that information So when I saw the the priest going out I couldn't think of the word what to call them And then I recalled it was missionaries That's what they reminded me of And then I kept saying stale and I meant stagnant. I really needed to get that off my chest. And now I feel very much a (laughs) burden. So we're going to break this episode down into the three parts that it really took place in. Una, Corel, and Empire. I will break it down. In that order, I think that would be a nice pick out with something you liked, something that maybe didn't work as well, but end on a high note. Starting with Gail, who is very much still concerned about the elephant in the room being Salver is gonna die. Salver's taking it pretty much on the chin, like, wow. I go and find my mom. Well, I can't really figure her out in this moment. I want to say that she's just being sarcastic of, okay, I want, you know, I would want to die on the battlefield saving people's lives. Like, don't you get that I'm a warrior and that's not a bad way to go and it's going to be 150 years and oh, it's so liberating. She's like Iris West when she knew she had a a date with death. She's like, well, I'm gonna be fucking reckless. And I suppose that is a little bit. That doesn't mean, though, you can't be hurt. You can't be crippled. (laughs) You cause other people an undue amount of stress. I don't feel as if thinking you're liberated or immune from from bad things happening because you're immune from dying should be held in the same breath as she is thinking but it's something that she almost doesn't seem as a problem and then you have gail thinking to herself okay maybe i can save you but then sour is like well you don't really believe that so why are you trying to give me that hope So am I supposed to think that Salvor really is just trying to play hard, but it really is affecting her? And while Gail doesn't believe that there's anything practically to do about it, she still wants to do something about it. I can't read their chemistry. It's still really hard to do. And I hope with more time that gets easier. (laughs) (laughs) and I do mean with their interactions with each other not the actors and themselves like that chemistry is not supposed to be there I mean I can't tell what how they're bouncing off of each other if the you know what I mean maybe you don't know what I mean maybe I don't know what I mean But there is something a little jerky about their interaction still. And then you have the moment where Harry just shows up. Hello, it's me. And I think to myself, this man can see every conversation. He can see when you take your clothes off. I'm not saying that's something he would do. It's something that would be consciously going through my mind is all (laughs) especially when it's clear he was eavesdropping talking about um well that's not something that should be probable or something to that effect like yeah you don't don't be thinking about shit like what you're thinking about because I know what you're thinking about (laughs) that's when they scan the planet that they're going to. It's unstable planetary surface. There's no uh, signs of life on the planet. It was a planet of machines, and no, it is not Ignis. It is in fact Una because the Prime Radiant told me to meet her here. Say so what? I- oh Lord! Again. A fucking game. Nothing new. Nothing changed. Same old shit. Same old fucking sh- It is a little hard to defend you, Harry. When you keep proving motherfuckers right. <laughs> I did say last episode, he isn't, he isn't mentioning the fact that he has another destination in mind. And he doesn't even have the conversation with him. He takes over the ship. Because Saur's like, you're steering, Yeah, yeah. Because I know when you find out <laughs> that there's no water on this planet, you're going to wonder, why are we in, in this destination to set up a second foundation? And that's when he drops the bomb. And then he's like, well, uh, I need someone to carry me to where we need to go. And that's when Gail rightfully gets upset. Like, no, I'm not fucking doing shit. I'm not here to be your... uh, What did she say? She used a term. But basically, she doesn't want to be driving Miss Daisy effectively in the Prime Radiant. And she is not let in on his plans. And because he refuses to allow an agent of chaos as he calls her to be on the know and there's still the anger over the fact that she was supposed to be on terminus and race was supposed to be whom he woke up to not to mention they both lost someone they loved very much that they're barely talking about all of that is between them And still not fully processed, despite how they were going to have a reckoning. I don't feel like there was a reckoning. Until Salvar just grabs the Radiant, because she's like, go with them, Gale. And then she grabs the Radiant and tosses and like, go. And it felt to me in that moment. Yeah, Salvar's way older than Gale is, way more mature. (laughs) (laughs) and it's beginning to come out of the the hero glow that she had going on for who her mother was going to be especially uh paralleled against the mother that she had (laughs) because it's not as if you know she didn't have anyone she had parents and then she thought she needed to find these parents to feel whole but and like most people find out the grass isn't always greener on the other side you don't know who these people are what they what their own ideas were what their own personalities are like the fact that she was willing to something they bring up later I don't want to talk about everything but I'm going to pretty much glance over a few things as the thought processes come to me But yeah like the conversation they were having like you know you didn't give a shit if you were about to die you just let him take all the oxygen in the room and kill you and you're like yeah I'm down I'm down to clown and y'all was even speaking the same language she says I don't know about that I don't know if I got that indication I did in the first season but I don't know if Salvor to me Picked up on that in their very limited interactions that they were having. Because they were just pretty much going back and forth in a rational manner. Like, I'm not fucking doing it. Well, I need you to fucking do it. This is is why we have trust issues. And you just being like, okay, we don't have time for this. I want to get the fuck out of here. So upon... (laughs) firmly being told by her her daughter mom gail goes with harry harry tells her that this place was mined for lithium i believe for the empire it gives a a good face to the empire that we don't see and I, i i think i was having this conversation with uh mimi in the first episode and i was kind of and I and I need to admit a little biased on my book version of Empire versus the show version of Empire and they're they are different and this scene kind of elevates that by you know pointing out he took all of the planet's resources and then he turned these machines on the people of this planet which is pretty fucked up and he says like once the empire takes something it's all about what's best for the empire and they stumble upon the conversation once again about how salvor saved the first served served uh what's the word i'm looking for She Well saved I suppose is the right word But she um Solved That's the better term I was looking for She solved the first crisis And he points out well Technically all of the All of the other factors Were there for her to succeed You could have taught Your daughter psycho history But unfortunately You weren't there You weren't where I had wanted to place you and I think that for Gail she saw herself as an equal to Harry as a fatherly figure but also as you know a a mentor fatherly figure she wants to be at his level she could she is at his level because as she points out no one else can read psycho history besides me and he says there was someone else her name was Yana she was my life partner and she knew psycho history as well it was our child the only one that survived anyway so they had another child that didn't make it that's curious and she gets these personal details about him about the man and it's almost like he's reluctant to offer but at the same time there, there is a still a connective tissue there, as much as they disagree vehemently on their ideologies. Because he knows she would want to take all their resources and put it towards saving one person in the universe effectively, over, you know, saving everyone else in the universe, or putting or making small attempts. Because he wants to light and gently, she wants to heavily impact and they don't see eye to eye on that and he says even for himself he is irrelevant to the big plan even though his ego comes out when he's like well it's my plan i am a god you dull creature i think that matches gail's arrogance as well with her making that commentary of well i'm the only one that knows psycho history i'm the only person that can read it it kind of goes back to that idea of being quote-unquote special but it feels as if those are self-fulfilling prophecies for these two (laughs) even though hers was born of a true a true desire i think well i think because i'm going back to why did we see flashbacks of harry's childhood and i first thing i picked up if they're making the comparisons between him and gail is they both had fathers that were completely unsupportive of their intellectual properties i i forgot that in the first season her dad was effectively like he she gave him that hug in the end and he was like go child but before that he was like i would rather you be dead (laughs) <laughs> so the, there were some cruel words some uh some emotional holes left some daddy issues if you will with both of these highly intellectual people math became their escapism and they both wanted to do it for very altruistic reasons him is shortening a crisis and she wanted to avert the crisis on her planet. That was her initial goal, for why she began to pursue in psychohistory is what she got caught up in. But um, those are two things that make them part of a a uh, identical personality type, which is what Salvar mentions a little bit later. And it took me a minute to put that like when she said oh you're not that much different I was like oh are they really alike But once you th- you th- sit and think about it yeah they are kind of very much alike They're only I think they're they're only um I don't know because I felt I feel as if Gail has an emotional kryptonite And then Harry's kryptonite is his lack of empathy towards the, you know, because people are going to suffer, things are going to happen, people are going to be lost. And yes, it isn't, you know, it's easy to talk in a a godlike fashion of how these are pieces on the chessboard, which is exactly how she was to be utilized. And I think she resents that. You know, I was a pawn instead of, you know, one of the players. They get up into, I I really like the, the statue. It's a shame you lost its hand. But they get up into this cave and they get (laughs) it, they get to a door. She's like, it doesn't look like a door, but it's a door (laughs) just because it doesn't have handles and knobs on it i didn't recognize those symbols and i don't know what's what's this all about i have a thought process based on notebook knowledge because i've only gotten to the second prequel and now i'm on foundation and that seems to be taking place during the first crisis so (laughs) i'm still i'm not caught up to anything future knowledge but they meet Calais. But this is not Calais. It's definitely not the prime radiant. Because why then would it be able to interact with Gale? And they made a point of panning to the physical interaction between the two. Why is that? It could be that she's a robot. I just noticed that, uh, well, this is the only reason why I think it's a robot. Because I think that Harry's body, the one he's been given, is a clone, a clone version. Because we saw what happened to Harry's body when they put him out in space. We know he turned into the vault, right? Uh, That was even emphasized in this episode by Polly, like, he turned into the fucking vault. How everybody knows that, I don't know, but it's it's out there in the universe. So the only other is only other way for you to have been able to do anything that we know of, canon in the show, duplicate copies of someone's self is to clone them. It feels as if this technology, though, is highly guarded because everyone would be cloning each other, and it seems like a pretty interesting process and the person that we know that's in charge of that process is Demrazel with the Kleonic dynasty so if this uh what did she call herself again (laughs) Kaylee if this Kaylee can sustain a consciousness and produce a clone body she she has to be and she interacted with Gail she, I can't say she has to be But it all signs point to She has to be a robot Plus she's in that same garment Regular people change And I noticed that Demrizel is typically In the same Type of uniform If you will So The question is Then how did she Get in the Prime Radiant to Guide Harry out well if she has some mental powers like we saw the mule guy um it would appear that (laughs) it's possible she could have projected her consciousness up into or looked into his mind and found him I don't know I'm not saying I got all the answers here not at all I'm just throwing this tidbit on the table because she she's very quickly identified by Gail as Callie but she's like you died a long time ago and that's also brought up but I think it's intriguing that Callie's equations are a part of the prime radiant along with Yana As well as Harry's calculations So it's all math and they Explain the prime radiance more like a It's a computer system Generator of Predictive outcomes It's the best way I'm summing it up right now and you you Put in the data and it does The math for you to tell you Where you are On the path That you need to be at Or not be at In their case to try to avoid some shit so, so I'm I'm thinking could this person that's like Calais who talks in a certain way that's like poetry that's so different from others? Because I, I even went back to the first episode. Well, actually I was watching someone else watch the first episode and I remember the the and now and I wouldn't have if in the first season I would have been a throwaway If it wasn't such a big deal this season And that's why I I just did a reaction video <laughs> Of one of my many uh, subscribes. And um, They were talking About Calais and how That's like a work of art And not many people It's like a unique thing in the universe And how those two things happen to connect these two people that would be the only two people right now that could read psychohistory one being someone who can predict things in the future and one who's trying to map the future I just feel like it's a little cool and the thing of it is that was discussed in this episode how could psychohistory predict who you would need like a particular person it's supposed to be over a group of people and I think that's a question that they intend to answer since they brought it up in the first place even though the audience would have as well uh Harry says look this is our goodbye and there's not even a goodbye he's like if I'm not back in six hours I'm dead leave She walks back to the beggar This other side of the conversation Did shock me a little bit Because it felt as if Salvor was kind of a hairy A hairy supporter Acolyte if you will But she admits I don't Know If we should stay <laughs> Because that guy, he scares the shit out of me I would prefer that we just leave But I have the feeling that you don't want to leave him And then she quotes her father Don't allow your morals to get in the way of what is right Because if you and Harry were in opposing shoes right now He would leave you in a heartbeat You need to stop being so sentimental. And she also points out that. That she is not a part of their club. She feels a little isolated. I don't know if I got that. (laughs) I don't know if that was very strongly conveyed. But I could see with her not being able to understand like she's a physical like i I brought up last episode she's more of a physical person a commander she's not an an analytical mathematician (laughs) like uh harry and and her mother and she also makes a quirk about that after gail admits well he was an idol for me like a father figure and she points out yeah your parents meeting your parents could be a disappointment or something to that effect (laughs) or not what you expected them to be gail takes that a little hard she doesn't make any comments of it but a little harsh a little harsh i will say (laughs) gail doesn't know how to be a parent nor is she interested in being a parent and i think that's i think she cares about Salvor, that's clear about her well-being i think that she would eventually bond with her really well but there is something that is not particularly naturally (laughs) plus it's an adult it's not the same thing um that she certainly didn't choose to to be a mother when her and race were definitely having the chance to be she didn't have the same uh concern as that one one lady did about having a child i could be misremembering that so correct me so after they decide to leave they end up falling through the planet's surface And their Their uh, Their life form Presence awakens The machines on this planet Which look cool Remind me a lot Of the Expanse (laughs) Uh, Machines, robots That would make a lot of sense. No one inhabits this planet. No one can inhabit this planet if you're a life form because you're probably going to be murdered. They barely get away when they realize that the machines are tracking another life form on the planet, which is something Salvar confirms before they realize it's Harry. Of course, she already knew it was Harry because she just has these feelings. And Gail gets down and uh ends up rescuing Harry who has been now placed inside of a body and she asks how did this happen and he says I I don't know (music) Harry is gonna have a lot more agency now because He is going to be able to physically go wherever he wants to go. And now Gail really can't stop him or control him. That's also mentioned. Like she just wanted to control. (laughs) And uh, this is going to be weird if you're someone who's supposed to be dead. And now you have become a religion For you to be physically walking around That would mm, That would fuck with. I would think anyway Well then again No 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 Jesus came back and was resurrected But he still went back up in the sky He didn't didn't come down with the earthlings and chill out So What is What could he do Because I know that they're not going to stay together I just have this inclination They're not going to stay together They're on different paths that they all need to because she even says you can go back to terminus right now and try to change your fate um but i do think that they're gonna feel as if they could be better suited in different places maybe i i don't know i just have a feeling that harry is not gonna Stay with them their entire Setting up of the second foundation For the same reason he wouldn't For the first foundation like What does a man with a second Lease on life do He also seems to be very Bitter against the empire As if he's not too Angry about its fall (laughs) Even though He doesn't want The second empire To you know, the foundation, I should say, to turn into a second empire. He needs to have a check and balance. The question that came out of last week is who who checks the third? Like, who's the ultimate checker? <laughs> like if the second foundation checks the first foundation. Then who's going to se- who's going to check the second foundation? I think maybe that might be where this uh, Cali might come into play. Because another thing before we move on is the the idea that Harry himself, while he's come up with and become this, you know, cult of personality, if you will, that he himself could be very much a pawn in a bigger game. Who knows? I just want to know how the hell she grew his body and we didn't get to go back into that Superman cave to see what was going on. So... That is very, very, very interesting. The least interesting part of this episode had to be the introduction of Hober Mallow. I think because Bell Rios made such an impact that you would introduce him in the same breath of time as this somewhat goofy, successful con man that's really supposed to be this boot to the empire. He doesn't feel like it. And I was kind of indifferent to all of this. The The emperor's in his room. He's being shown this device that's supposed to be technology. He's stolen a another traitor's identity. They're aware of this. And he thinks he can catch him out i don't know why you need to catch someone out in a lie when you already know they're lying but he goes along with the ruse the ruse itself was to take the the diamond the blue diamond that was in the scepter of the emperor by showing that this device can temporarily allow you to switch places with the person swap their organic matter and then he tries to get away, but is very quickly caught. Now, Polly and Brother Constant are on their way after a brief session with uh, the Foundation heads that are now guarding. Well, they have soldiers guarding the vault. The accolades of Harry Seldon are all waiting for the prophet to arise polly is explaining yeah i may not believe in the prophet shit because i know he was a human (laughs) and he probably has a morbid sense of humor and while i'm saying that might not have been he's not here to judge all of us that's that was that was a judgment that was a judgment and that's when the question comes up of how could he predict a, a, a man this man though they happen to know however mallow because he studied for the priesthood but unfortunately his morals and the foundation's morals were not on the same page it's interesting that this emperor back on the planet is fully aware that the foundation is going around offering tech on the condition of conversion to their religion so if that is something that's known to this Corell just the planet that we were on then mm, because he, the empire says this episode he has a spy on Sawana, which i figured that's you know <laughs> who that guy with the eyeball recording very obviously last episode was uh but i don't know i guess maybe they are not part of... That could be it. Like They don't fuck with the Empire, so they wouldn't let them know. So there's just things out here that's going on that's just between us. I could see that. I could see that. Like Nobody from the Empire comes out here. Makes more sense. Uh, so yeah, he's captured. Polly and Brother Constance show up for his execution by the... Uh, what did they call that? The <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't! I can't! Oh, Mad I for did not write that down. He's like the needle punch or something to that effect. I know that it's a terrible, terrible death, and they needed to put him in all that padding just to. It felt a little circusy. I think this was supposed to be the comedic relief of the episode. It. Unfortunately, just didn't jive well with the rest of the pace of the episode. And it was, you had this, uh you know, increase of mystery. And then you had this, oh shit, the empires. Like, you don't look at Day and think hey, he's much of a threat right now. But you look at Bell Rios and his commitment in the face of what he's suffered, and you're like, fuck, Foundation has a real truth that an enemy right now that they they need to be very concerned about and then you get this guy this guy feels like a clown if we're being honest <laughs> yes he does manage to rescue himself but barely brother is able to chase where he's at they're able to get onto the ship uh, Polly's like, keep this guy away from me. And then he falls on Brother Constant. She's like, oh, you touched my ta la <laughs> He tries to leave saying, I don't want to go back to... I don't want to go back to Terminus. And then he's stuck with something. I don't know if he, sh- he shoots someone with a needle in their, in their neck with anything. That should definitely... <laughs> not be recommended (laughs) but this causes him to start throwing up and that's pretty much where we left their scene and quite frankly i don't even want to talk that much more about it it just it just was not what what uh what i enjoyed about this episode now let's move on to bel rios we go to a mining planet one of the workers is down doesn't look like he's going to be able to get up Bel Rios tries to help him up and he's shot in the head and he says he had more work left in him he didn't have to do that and before he himself could most likely be cattle prodded Demrazel shows up and she wants his uh his acceptance or more like just come with me Because we need you and your fleet To lead the empire against a new threat He says before I even enter the conversation with you I want these men free It tells you so much about this man He is not about himself He is very much about the the other people And while he knew he wasn't going to grant them their freedom That's what he demanded That's what they should have she does agree to labor or better tools less hours and more breaks and that's enough for him to enter a conversation about possibly (laughs) going to the empire but ultimately he tells her that she can tell the empire to go fuck himself because he's not afraid to die because he's Clear about what the answer is going to be if he says no. And then she tells him, What about Galwyn? And Galwyn is his husband that was told six years ago, as part of the punishment that he had been executed, which is very cruel. And Demroselle says, You don't have to hope, you just have to come with me. What do you mean by that? So that gets him on the ship. He's brought into a room and looks at himself in the mirror for the first time in a very long time, I'm sure. And she says, well, when you're ready to meet the Empire, just let me know when you get cleaned up. And he's like, no, he's going to see what he made me. And you can see the deep rooted respect she has for this man. Before she takes him to meet Day, well, all of the Emperors are there. Briefly Dawn and Dust got to uh pretend to be in charge for the day. (laughs) And uh Day is very dismissive at first. Like you're here because of Demrazel and you stink. And uh depending on how this conversation goes, either I kill both you and your husband or you get to see your husband and after some back and forth trying to play games about what this is really about as he explains well i want to see if the foundation is a threat to me because he believes because this is supposed to be there under the guise of the foundation which is why the first uh mayor guy had wanted to call the foundation when they were being attacked by the Anacrians because technically they did go to this planet with the empire's good grace it was they were ostracized here but they're not anywhere they're not supposed to be but if they if they are a threat then he has a reason to turn against them and the idea that he is um taking it slow too because there is the question of well can he predict the future well, that's one of the questions I want you to find out. So there is also the idea that I can't just go and destroy you. I might actually need you. And I think that's what he wanted in the beginning when he was uh, interested in Harry Seldon and his psych history. He 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 was smart enough to take note of it even though his instinct was to simply destroy it and there is the question of if it wasn't for the Starbridge blowing up at that moment with the terrorist acts with the anachronians and the thespians i believe and that whole situation if he hadn't had that rage to put uh, his focus on, then may have he would have. But I do think what he thought was going to happen, and I do mean Harry, was that he himself would be executed as a martyr. Belrios asked for them to talk privately. There's a moment between the brothers where, well, let's just say what they are clones, where they walk away making not even i was really surprised dust didn't say anything (laughs) because he didn't like the idea of bel rios either like he was very adamant about using this guy but they walk away with without uh i guess they want to be uniform in front of this particular general that makes sense and he he says look you're a fucking bully you're you had me in prison then you Tortured me all this time with the death of my husband because I fucking humiliated you, you big baby. These nuts. Ha! Gotti! (laughs) Gotti. And he also knows that even if they're not a threat to you, you you you're gonna be a threat to them. So you need someone uh at the head of the fleet. You could send someone else, but you know that fucking fleet. You need the best fleet to go after the foundation. Not only do you need the best you need me. All right. <laughs> Stop playing these games. They're not loyal to you. They're loyal to me. You take that shit and put it on up your asshole. But I took an oath. And he says, well, do you want to slap me? He's like, yeah, I want to take your fucking head off. But I took an oath even for Gowan, like slap me for Gowan. I took an oath. I'm not about to murder you. And that is enough for day to walk away and allow him to see his husband for the first time. That was so very touching because he walked in and he said his name and he's just like, yes, he had his head down, you know, like he didn't know why he was being summoned here. He just was. And he couldn't think it was anything good. And he knew that he hadn't seen his husband in six years and thought that he was probably dead but knew that he was at a a mining facility. I'm guessing he didn't know he was in jail. But he, Bel Rios, thought that his husband was dead. So this is a shocker to him and he starts crying and he's like, no, I'm full of lice and I stink. And I've been branded. This this is, is not okay. And I need to do something about this tooth decay. I guess we just like seeing uh, older men naked because <laughs> we get a nice shower scene before Gowen I hope that's I'm saying his name right. I could Gawain. He uh, gives him a nice haircut, looks like a whole new man, got some uh, lumineers in his teeth. Is that the name of it? I don't think Is it lumineers? <laughs> He got the crest white strips. He's doing great. He's doing amazing. And they finally uh, reunite romantically kissing. And it's all sweet until you realize fucking day is there watching. What the fuck is wrong with you as a person? While his mommy girlfriend gives him a a face and head rub because he feels very insecure about himself as a person. (laughs) you're doing good you're doing so good sweetie you're making all the right decisions you're a big boy you are you're a strong man look at those muscles you're so wonderful he needs affirmation and that affirmation is coming directly from demrazel he even says what would we do without you and i got i got questions for demrazel and that, that, there's so many questions I don't even know where to begin But I don't think she's de Demersel from the books I'm starting to think that that might be Passing to the characterization of Calais. but I could be mistaken We shall see By the end of the season I bet Uh Yeah because, and it would Make more sense too especially with the, You know the killing Uh <laughs> there's some things I gotta reconcile okay about what I know about the laws of robotics so yeah she I, I can't mm, I don't know this seems just it, it's it feels very much like I'm in control I'm running things so if she's the one that's massaging it all and she's it to go in this direction. What is her ultimate end game? Wouldn't she have more of a stake in the genetic dynasty ending? Maybe she wants day to do like fall. Like I'm gonna let you do what you're gonna do because you're gonna fall on your face. And then once you realize that she ain't it, we'll be back on course. So all she has to do is small things, quote unquote, like Harry says, to keep steering things in the right direction. Because I, I mean, let's we don't it doesn't even seem like homegirl wants to marry Day. <laughs> she has intentions that don't include my guess marrying Day and starting A new legacy of their babies. I don't. So if. That is something. Demrazel is aware of. She might. Yeah. Why would I put any objections up to this marriage? We're going to. This is a threat I can handle. And I'm not too concerned about this threat. Being here. I don't know. Again. I don't even want to go down a rabbit hole. Demrazel. Because it's just all questions. And no answers. (laughs) I I I I can't see where she's going to land at the end of this. But now we have this very strong general and as Belrio says to his partner, a weak emperor needs a strong general. I have more leverage now. And not only that, there's trillions of people. I need to save trillions of people versus my own revenge and I think that that is very selfless of him especially as his husband says look you've suffered at the empire I've suffered at the empire we need time to get to know each like you don't know what's happened to him in the last six years and I think that this conversation to me was pointing out you you, it's not like i'm gonna be by your side but we've got legitimate anger at the empire and while it's good to do the right thing um those feelings aren't just gonna passively go away i mean look at did you see him when you first saw him i mean then you become branded and then the guy still doesn't even respect you quite frankly hates you and at any point in time that you don't do what he wants he can just toss your ass back in jail or worse execute you or find some other way to torment torment you so that's gotta come into play at some point he gives him his general uh, tags and we meet his spacer which is uh she who bends light <laughs> and she makes an interesting comment about the empire too like we know what it's like to live under the chokehold of the empire if anything i feel like the general would turn against the empire <laughs> and foundation wouldn't be its uh, biggest threat and he even said like you weren't murdered because you're too beloved by your people and he also points that out to Emperor, like, yeah, I had more clout than you. It's not about me making a call that you, you know, you wanted to just annihilate people for no fucking reason. And <laughs> I decided, you know, maybe I'm not going to say I'm not going to just disregard all life, especially the life of my people, uh, just because they don't mean anything to you. And he's very worried and concerned about what's going to happen to people under this weak emperor. So I think that his duty is, despite his uh, lack of faith, and that's also something that was brought up in this episode. Like, you don't even, you're not even a believer. Yeah, I may not believe in the the prophecy of Harry Seldon, but I believe in psycho history. I believe in the facts. And I think that's a, a good juxtaposition of look look i'm not in love with the idea of the empire but fuck someone's gotta someone's gotta keep this shit running (laughs) because too many people depend on it now so we have you know two three people now maybe more but a lot of our main characters their ideas are very altruistic they put the many before themselves uh, but how those, how things are going to play out between them? Because I'm not, uh, of course, I'm going to be rooting for Bell Rios over the dickheads that are at the foundation right now. Those those aren't people that I would want to stand up for. But the foundation has to continue in order for the second foundation, like like the foundation has to take its natural course which means it has to survive its second crisis, which means Bell Rios has to lose. And I don't want Bell Rios to lose, but the empire is not going to completely fall. I don't think this is the fall of the empire. I think it's its first blow. But I do think it's going to be gradually declining within the next like 100, 200 years, like up until the point where we get to the mule. So now that we have that that time frame, We know we're probably going to see a couple of more days uh, and then we're going to be seeing more of how things break down. So it could be that this first battle, so to speak, between Empire and Foundation may be a success, but it may also not be the end of the foundation i feel like i've rambled on enough because i don't i have no idea where this is going but i'm very excited for tomorrow when i can watch the episode <laughs> because i need to know more i gave this episode an 8.7 out of 10 I really enjoyed it it's just that one and even the parts i didn't enjoy as much i was only slightly indifferent it's more like go back to the other stuff (laughs) i could have done a lot more gail and harry but hopefully with a little bit more time hober mallow will will definitely grow on me hopefully and there will be more to offer of this character than just the the little bit that we got once again, if you want to send feedback, like at gmail.com. My socials will be below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.